Hello, Kingdom Speak listeners. Spring is in the air. Can you smell it? Oh, this is the favorite time of the year for all of us to do a little spring cleaning on Kingdom Speak. Welcome back to another episode with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Not hard to tell this one. Yes. I'm just talking about spring now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So do you guys realize behind my house, actually, well, in front of my house, up on the hill towards that potato field, there's still a little strip of snow in the woods right there. Oh, yeah. There's no snow where I live. Wow. I've still got a little bit of my property. Spring is in the air. Hey. Yeah, there's there's no snow where I live either. Yeah. Hey, there's (laughs) snow where you're from. (laughs) Yeah. Someone was was tweeting pictures about that yesterday. St. Louis... Like hammered, they can have it. Yeah, they can. Yeah. Have and it. I'm yeah. like, hey, sis. Yeah. <laughs> How are you up there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How's the driveway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so welcome back. It's been a week since we talked. It's been yeah. It's been a week. Yeah. Seven days. Um, the day that we are recording this, ironically, is our actual one year anniversary that our first episode hit the airwaves. Bro. Can you guys believe that? One year. Raise your hand if you listened to the first episode. <laughs> I did. We were there. Yeah, yep. I was there. We made up uh, one quarter of the first download section. Yeah. <laughs> we go to us, all of our devices. Yeah. And yeah. Us and our families. All right, Mom. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so thankfully, it's not just us listening anymore. And we always start the shows with a couple of reviews, so let's do that right now. Uh, this one comes from Scott. Great content and presentation. Keep up the good work. That's five stars on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, Scott, for that. Awesome. This one as well. I appreciate the content of this podcast and the time and effort put into it. Thank you. The variety of topics, guest speakers, and combination of soberness and humor all make for a good balanced apostolic podcast keep up the good work that is from jen in california all the way in california awesome thanks jen for that we appreciate it man every review helps us bunt the ball a little yes a little farther yes definitely increases appreciate it so uh on that this is the time of the month where we go over uh, a little bit of our friendly competition on who's getting the most downloads so by country, the U- U.S. is number one by far, our biggest listener. Number two. Yeah, yeah I see that. We're, we're trying. We're flexing as much as we can. Our guest is down there oh, shaking yeah, his I, fist in yeah. the air. Yeah. Number two is Canada. Number three, Mexico. So, yeah. Big shout out to all our Mexican listeners. Thank you yes. for that. Send, yeah. us, send us some tacos. Would tacos. You? you know, our good friend, Pastor Wade Townley, if we could go have lunch with him, I would so go to Los Palafas. Oh, oh yes, man. Oh yes. Oh. Anyways, we did get you have to? We're sidetracked yeah. there. Number yeah. four country is Jordan. Oh, so strong representation from brother, a small sister country. Shepherd. Come on. So, thank you, Jordan, for listening. And number five, Norway. Wow. So how about that, Norway? Thank That's you great. for listening. Whoever you are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I know anyone in Norway. I don't. <laughs> but maybe there's somebody there that we know. So if you're listening in Norway, send us a, send us a comment or a, a shout out. Let's hear from you. 
Um, can I just go do the top five states real quick? Or you go? Yeah, ahead? go. Okay, top go. five states. Number one, California. Sorry, Texas. Uh, number two is Texas. Okay, come on, Texas. There we go. Number three, Virginia. Number four, Tennessee. Number five, Illinois. So we have successfully covered the U.S. That's pretty yeah. awesome. That's pretty awesome. So thank you guys for that. that. Awesome. Provinces in Canada. Number one, Ontario. Number two, Nova Scotia. Number three, New Brunswick. Number four, Alberta. Number five, Quebec. So thank you again wow. for listening. We love all you guys out there. Okay, so our overall downloads since last year. Mm-hmm. This is like crazy. Mm-hmm. 69.4. So for all intents and purposes, 70,000 mm-hmm. downloads. Mm-hmm. That doesn't count our YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I know that's small cheese for some folks, but it like, is. man, we started in a closet. Well, not quite, but almost. <laughs> well, it's not, nice not, closet. Let's not go that far. <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah. But listen, the first month that we were live, mm-hmm. <laughs> we had 519 downloads. Wow. And we were happy with that, bro. We were jazzed. Yes. You have a right to be happy with that. Yeah. Do you know how many times I searched on the internet, like, you know, how to create good podcast content and how to... (laughs) Oh, if you could have been around the coffee pot. Uh, So what if we do this? Do we have to do that? What about... uh, So the month of March, mm -hmm. or last month, Mm -hmm. was a record download month, 9,102 downloads. That's decent growth from 500. Yeah. I'd invest in that. Yeah. So. Here we are. Thank you to our listeners for their loyal support. Yeah. And we appreciate it. Helping us get out. So we uh, we have a familiar face back with us on the podcast today. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had this guy from Texas on uh, who triggered us all and got us all angry and then told <laughs> us that was a bad thing. <laughs> So we've had him come back on. Remember, remember, he did the whole Bishop Lambeth thing where he wanted to come back on and talk yeah. more. And yep, it's a growing uh, pattern where people come on the podcast and then they're like inviting themselves back. You know? Yeah. So yeah. You know, we were talking a, a few minutes. <laughs> we, we were talking about the third episode that I'll be back. Oh, oh here we go. <laughs> I didn't want to disappoint you. Yeah. So we were we're we're talking a few minutes ago before we hit the record button. And we've had, now they've not been as faithful mm-hmm. as late, but you know, we went through quite a stretch where we had a loyal thumb downer. Oh yes. Every episode. Every episode had to have a thumbs down. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, boom, they subscribed, I think for the sole purpose mm-hmm. of thumbing down. Thank, what thank they don't realize is that that's worth as yeah. much to us as a thumbs up, it's but don't good. tell them that. It's still good. Yep controversial videos like that if they yeah. have a lot of thumbs down the youtube algorithms love it because yeah. people are still watching right problem is <laughs> is for pastor snyder's episode on anger management mm-hmm. they chickened out <laughs> no thumbs down <laughs> no thumbs down <laughs> so do us a favor audience everybody go thumbs down the video <laughs> yeah hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. let's see how many we can get <laughs> i'm out here hang on a minute <laughs> Whoa. We, we we think they were scared that Brother Snyder was going to come knock on the door. Yeah, looking for Go the thumbs down. What was that? Go back to my old ways. Yeah, <laughs> punch a hole in their door. Yeah, you know, there's a term for this, and it slips me. But throughout Scripture, 
if 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 God was wanting to get a point across, mm-hmm. he would he would repeat. Saul, Saul, mm-hmm. um, Adam, Adam. So anything really where you're trying to get everyone's attention, you doubled it. Hmm. So that's what we're going to do today. We are going Pastor Snyder, Pastor Snyder. Let's talk again. Let's talk again about a very important topic. So this is not a stutter. This is an intentional. This is an intentional. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're doubling down on this topic. So we have got excellent response from the first episode uh, that you done with us a few weeks ago on Control the Beast. And we know that we weren't finished. So, man, we're thrilled that you're back with us to talk about it some more. Well, I am thrilled to be back with you guys. When you texted me the other day and said, let's do this, I'm like, yes, that sounds great. Because I enjoy talking about this and uh, helping as many people as we can with this subject. I think it's a subject that a lot of people are dealing with, but afraid to talk about it because of who we are. I mean, we're Holy Ghost filled you know, baptized in Jesus name. We're supposed to have our act together, all that good stuff, but we still deal with this and not just anger, but a lot of variety of emotions that, that, uh, plague us. So. Wow. So there, there was at least two areas. If I'm, if I'm recalling it correctly, that you wanted to dive into one of them being the importance of cleaning up your environment. What, What do you mean by that? Well, we, you like know, I got to pick old, up my socks. No, you can leave the socks there. Oh, uh, okay. Wife, you'll get it. Um, okay. But anyway. My wife doesn't listen to this. You're safe. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Ah. I, <laughs> now this I episode just will got be myself in a world of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Thumbs down now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the thumbs down. <laughs> She's going to leave the pack. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, the old saying is we're products of our environment. When I, when I teach a class, when I teach this in a, in a, whether it's a parole setting or, or wherever, I'll always ask the question, is it true that we're products of our environment? Most of the time I get, yes, absolutely. Cause most people understand that they know that. And what is feeding that environment is so important to us in controlling the beast controlling the negative emotions and all of that. So that's something that, that we have to take a look at is what is in the environment. What there are, in fact, we're going to talk about today, six triggers that we need to look for. Not that every person deals with these six that I'm going to talk about today, but hopefully it will spur some thinking of where are my triggers in my environment that I need to take care of. Right. Very good. Very good. Because that, that, that points back to, I think, one of the most poignant statements that you made that resonated with me in episode one. Um, and we need to, I, I suppose we need to let everybody know, if you're, if you're just listening to this one, you really should go listen to the other one first if you haven't uncontrolled the beast. But you made a statement 
the anger is always a secondary emotion. Correct. There's always a primary. Absolutely. So now you're adding another layer to this saying that even my environment or there's other these triggers that can yes. contribute to this. Absolutely. I mean, and extremely important. And that's where a lot of people don't realize they, they want to get something straight in their life. Um, you know, an alcoholic wants to get off, off the bottle, but they, they have a bottle in the cabinet. Uh, whatever situation that people are trying to get away from addiction, they keep leaving it hang around. Well, there's opportunity. So when we're trying to overcome our, our problems, our negative emotions, whether that's anger, frustration, loneliness, depression, anxiety, fear, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, what are the triggers that's still sitting on the shelf that's right. causing us to relapse back into the same thing? Right. And that's uh, what we'll address today. A trigger for me, um, it's my turn to confess first. <laughs> a trigger for me is when I go to Subway and they give me one napkin for a foot-long sub. Oh. oh, you want to light my crank. Give me one napkin. And then when I ask for a second one, it's like I just asked for another sub. Yeah, <laughs> for the same price. I just need at least one more napkin, please. Yeah. Okay, sorry yeah. about that. I just had to get that off my chest. I, I get it. I get it. And th yeah, they look at you like, this is money coming out of my pocket. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Oh, man, for sure. Brutal. Well, go uh, ahead. Shall we get started? Yes, let's go. Let's crank. All right. So let's talk about cleaning up your environment. Um, again, we are products of our environment. It's very true. Every once in a while in some of my classes, somebody said, no, that ain't true. Okay. Keep believing that and I'll change your mind here in a, in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, what we have to realize is the people that we are today is a product of, of the environment that we lived in a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And we never, ever stop changing, no matter if we are 30 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, or 70 years old. Our environment is constantly shaping and forming a person that we will become. So the environment that we are in today is already shaping us to the person that we're going to become sure. one year from today, five years from today, 10 years from today. Sure. This, this, what we're going to talk about is going to also give a lot of people an understanding of why us as pastors are in the pulpit saying, make sure you get to church. Let's be faithful. And on the phones where we, you know, we miss you today because we're trying to put you in an environment that's going to cause you to grow. That's going to cause you to clean up your environment and produce righteousness in your life. Mm -hmm. So, there are two areas of, of input, especially into the emotion of anger. First is external. It's the person's surroundings. Second is composed of genetics. You know, it's sometimes we are naturally born with a temper. Uh, we're a hothead by nature. And it was inborn into us. And that's what we've got to fight against. But we're going to deal today because of time with the external uh, the environmental factors that initiate, aggravate, and ultimately trigger violence in our home, on our on our jobs. You know, there's an old saying, garbage in, garbage out. What we put in is what's going to come out. Yeah. 
And so we have to understand that the question that we need to ask ourselves, what is feeding the negative emotions? What is feeding anger? What is feeding the motion of depression? What Mm. is feeding your fear uh, in your life? Now, I'm going to hit on seven, excuse me, six violent stimulators that are rated the top six across the board. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody that's listening to this podcast, this is your problem. It may be one of these may be or a couple of these may be. But what I really want to do is start your brain thinking toward and looking into your personal environment. What are the triggers that's causing depression, that's causing fear, that's causing anxiety, and that's causing anger? The top one, absolutely number one across the board is pornography. And again, it's a subject that we, we as Pentecostals, apostolics, we don't talk about, especially out in the open, but pornography is definitely out in the open. Wow. Uh, I promise that I will be very careful and not embarrass uh, some of our listeners. Uh, Hopefully you're just sitting by yourself listening to this, but pornography is more than books It's more than magazines. It's more than video. It's more than pictures. It is a mindset. It is something that is in our world that shapes us in our thinking. And of course, there's different categories of porn. There's the soft porn, the hardcore, uh, the sadistic. uh, And the grossest to me is the child. uh, That The list just goes on and on. Pornography has no positive effect instead encourages violence. It encourages rejection. It encourages anger. Okay. Now it establishes a mindset that, that leaves the norm and causes us to do things that are not normal. Okay. For example, uh, hubby is in secret watching porn And, you know, they see the bodies twisted in all kinds of pretzel shapes and, you know, swinging from the ceiling or whatever they're seeing. And like, wow, I want to do that. So he takes that home and asks wifey if she can do this. And when she says, no, I can't, you know, I can't get, you know, what they fail to realize is these are actors the camera's off while they twist the body right, up, absolutely. and then they turn the camera on and they produce a falsehood. Sure. So when wife says, no, I don't want to do that, or no, I can't do that, rejection. So he swallows that rejection. He keeps it to himself because he's watching something in secret, knowing that it's big problems and big trouble if it ever gets exposed. So that, that, that's a pass. Then he continues his habit, his addiction, and we can go into, into a lot of that, but what it does uh, psychologically and especially in the physical mindset, uh, what it spurs or sparks in our minds. I mean, it's, it's, it's calming. It's relaxing to a male mind. A male mind has a, less, a lustful thought fly through it every, on the average every 20 minutes. And so it feeds that, that, that thing. That's quite, okay? a, that's quite a stat. Yeah. Yeah. Every 20 minutes, every on the average, every 20 minutes, a lustful thought flies through the the male mind. Now it depends on what you do with that fleeing thought. Oh, totally. That can 
bring into captivity. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Exactly. So, right. uh, <clears throat> so here it comes again, same scenario, see something else on his journey into the porn field or porn world and comes back to wife and said, you know, can you hang from the ceiling or whatever? And she says, no, I'm not doing that. Rejection. Number two, the more rejections, the blood pressure starts to build the, 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 the anger starts. And now he's fighting with her. Now he's being short tempered with her. She don't understand why, what has changed. So now there's confusion in the marriage. And so now we've got a big explosion, big fights, big anger, big shouting matches over because porn. Yep. All right. Yep. Uh, you guys ever heard of Ted Bundy? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ted Bundy yeah. <laughs> yeah. went to the electric chair in yeah. Uh, yeah. January, I think it was 1989, I believe. Uh, every news outlet was after him for an interview before he hit the electric chair in Florida. 30, he raped and killed 32 women. The last victim was 12 years old. God. And he gave one interview to Dr. James Dobson of Focus on the Family because he had a message he wanted to get out about pornography. Uh, <clears throat> he, I don't know if you know his backstory. I'm sure you know all the, what the news has said. Ted Bundy was raised in a Christian home. He had a, his mother and father was uh, married, remained married. So in other words, he was not a, a child of a divorced single parent home. He had good upbringing, good principles, all of that. His journey all started with the kids playing in the neighborhood and the trash cans that used to be in the back alley. The trash truck would go down and toss the cans. He found some magazines with his friends in trash cans. So they started uh, frequent those trash cans. But see, this is addiction. Addiction's never satisfied. Never satisfied. So the longer we look at the soft porn, then it doesn't give the thrill and we have to move up to the hard porn. And then another level and then another level. He said the same. Now, Ted Bundy is telling Dr. Dobson this. I've got the I've got the interview on video, how that <clears throat> it just kept getting worse and worse. And he had to get more imp, uh, more potent pornography to satisfy his fling until he finally what Dr. Dobson said, you opened up Pandora's box and he reached out to the first victim to get the thrill that he wasn't getting with the highest level of porn. So, uh, and, and, and here's the situation. He was, uh, he was a DA in the state of Washington. So he knew the judicial system. This was pre DNA days. So he knew what to do and what not to do to not get caught. He was extremely likable. In fact, a matter they were talking about possibly ask, uh, having him run for governor, of the state of Washington. All the while in secret, he is kill, raping and killing college girls because of his addiction to pornography. And then the last victim was 12 years old and that's how he got caught. So again, it produces frustration. It produces uh, anger when the one doesn't want to do what the other does. So that's a trigger. Okay. In, in the, in the possible trigger in lives. Second thing is violent videos, television programming. You know, most men in our world today are drawn to action. Uh, 
And uh, but there's a difference between action and violence. You know, at any time, women and children are depicted as helpless victims or obstructions to gratifications that needs to be removed as a violent stimulator. Right. It, it, the mind, the heart, and the mouth, as we talked about last time I was with you folks, is connected. What we, what we put into our mind, what we think, becomes what we feel. It becomes an emotion. It becomes a belief system. And then and not long after that, out the mouth it comes. All right. Now, do you feel, let let me ask you this, not to get down a particular rabbit hole here, but video gaming has, (laughs) has gone, it's gone to another level. Yeah, it sure has. The role playing aspect. um, Has that contributed to the severity? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't have any stats in front of me. But it's definitely a contributor. I mean, court cases. Uh, in fact, one another one we're going to talk about is professional wrestling. And I mean, years ago, eleven-year-old junior uh, watched professional wrestling all the time and was outside. Took the neighbor's eleven-year-old. He was eleven. She was like nine or ten, and body slammed her on the concrete driveway and killed her. Aye, aye, aye. Wow. Sure. Kids, I think I hit this the last time. Children do what they see and say what they hear. They're very moldable. There's not much difference between children and adults. The only difference is it takes longer for adults to mold into what we constantly see and hear. Wow. I've got a, I had a couple come to me saying, I can't control my kids. They're always screaming and hollering and all that stuff. They watch professional wrestling every stinking night. Wow. And I'm like, take away the professional wrestling and your problems will at least go in half. And sure enough, they did that. And, and that's, I said, you've got to keep, you're giving them a steady diet of violence. So they're going to scream and they're going to holler and they're going to act out what they're seeing on that television. So we got to be careful what we ingest into our minds because it becomes stimulators into, into good and bad. All right. So if we're watching YouTube channels of of preaching, good apostolic preaching, guess what? It's going to, it's going to, it's going to affect us in a very positive, very good way. Sure. But if we're watching negative stuff, violent stuff, it's going to trigger. Now listen to the, they're on, on an, on um, each night, each night, on television, 350 characters appear, characters, people, you know, images or uh, characters that actors are playing. Out of that 350, any seven of them are murdered each night. Seven of the 350 of those characters are murdered during the program. Inside wow. of, of two months, at that average, at those numbers, everyone in the United States and Canada would be dead. Wow. Okay. Now, wow. if if someone, if a child, so we're is effectively born at home, killing our population. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We're talking murder. Yeah. We're talking about somebody getting upset with something or feeling like they have been done unjustly and they kill somebody for it. That's, that's what's put, being put into our minds. So the more we see that, 
it 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 automatically converts over if somebody does us wrong brings injustice to us then we want to kill them well how many times does that how many how many how i just want to kill them you know we say that in passing but how many people are serious about it there's the danger well if it's presented as a solution <laughs> over and over and over and over again works for them exactly, exactly. <laughs> Here's something else that we don't realize. If a child is born in the home where there's a television and watches an average steady diet of television, by the time they chi- that child graduates from high school, so eight, 18 years, and of course, as a baby, they're not comprehending anything. But So you just bring it down when they start comprehending, what, four or five, however old that is. That child would have witnessed 70,000 murders. You see something wow. 70,000 times, more than likely it's going to become a behavior. Yeah. Okay? For sure. Here's something else. Each year, there are 65,000 sexual references on television programming. Wow. So, again, we've got a look of what is in our environment and what's, what's triggering the feelings that we have. Okay? magazines not not a real hot item but it it it's there it's on the chart magazines are written from a writer uh writer point of view and viewed the way they see it it's through their filter may not be the correct filter i mean look at the news today <laughs> i don't know what to believe right. when i listen to the news right you know so uh, opinions both both positive and, and and of course critical language is an, is the number fourth critical language, screaming, hollering. Uh, We really need to watch what we say because the way we say something to each other is very important. It's not what you say, it's how you say it that makes all the difference in the world. And if if we have a very valid point and we're screaming and hollering and peppering it with, you are one stupid individual, you idiot how can you think something like this and all of this stuff right you just ruined your valid point that you need to make oh man so this, can i you interrupt say. you there for a second yeah go go i just read this in jordan peterson's new book and he talks in this first rule about you should never casually denigrate and he talks about the very thing about how your words form such an amazing point when you talk to someone and he talks about a child and how children, when they develop before they can speak, they point. Oh. Right? So a child learns Ooh. to point before they talk. Wow. And he says, our whole behavior, <clears throat> excuse me, is built around points. A child will point. Well, come on. They want candy or they want. That's so good. And then he said that what weaponizes the Powerful. point is when you as an adult respond to the child. And when yeah. they point at candy, you give it to them. Then they learn, oh, if I point at candy again, I'll get more candy. Right. And he said, adults are no different, but we use our words as points. Wow. Very powerful. Very powerful. But it just lines up with what you said. title and author's name. I want to read that book. Yeah, he's a Canadian, by the way. Oh, yes. No wonder it's so good, right? (laughs) Yeah. Hey, let me me just add something to this, okay? We've talked about this before, but... The passage of Scripture that talks about his word will not return unto him mm-hmm. void, mm-hmm. but a lot of times we don't give credence to this portion, but it will accomplish 
that for which it was sent. Right. So, so why you're saying it yep. is as critical as what you're saying. You can communicate Absolutely. truth with the intent to kill somebody, and it will. Come on now. It if will. You, if you put that in 2021's world where everything's set online, mm. like that, that we would do a whole episode about that. But yeah, the stuff that is said online to people. Yeah. We, we've, I've heard preachers preach truth that you knew they were doing it for the wrong reason. <laughs> Ouch. <Ooh>. Ouch. <laughs> Come yeah. on, somebody. Anyway, back at you. That was free. All right. Moving right We're along. back, folks. We're back. <laughs> All right. Uh, number five mentioned it earlier. Professional wrestling sounds a little ridiculous, mm. but folks, it's out there. It's it's real. And uh, anyway, it, it, to me, it's ridiculous. I mean, it is. I agree with you. It, when you look, you know, well, this guy smashing somebody with a ladder or the table, and it's like it's not even really authentic what's going on but people are intrigued people are intrigued by watching a human do that to another human yeah okay but what what about these guys (laughs) that are doing these cage fights oof that is real now that's real yeah but it's still it i I just i can't even i i know which i don't have a television but I, i i couldn't watch something like that there's a, that just, that just, maybe I need to contact that organization. I think there's a lot of anger management business that I can get. Out of. <laughs> you can do the consulting, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. We'll send you a commission. Okay. A good. Your seat. <laughs> but do you suppose that's why the wrestling, as opposed to say, even the boxing or the martial arts side of it, contributes more to the anger is because those guys aren't really actually hurting themselves. It's an act. Yeah. Yeah. It's but yet everybody watching it is intrigued by that. And then like you say, they go out and they try it in the front yard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, me, me and you have done this several times. We just body well, each other. Just beaten trash. And yeah. if I could count how many times I've wanted to <laughs> see, this is why we have you, Pastor Snyder, on. Do you have my phone number? Yeah. <laughs> Speed dial. So we have, we, we've got five. You told us All there's right. six. Number six, music. Oh. One of the most powerful mediums that we have today. <laughs> and, and here's how I present that, especially when I'm in a class. I'll ask the class, why do we go to church? What do we hear when we go to church? And of course, uh, music, songs, yeah, yeah. But we also hear a sermon. And so the next question is, how often do we do that? Well, once a week, once every other week, once a month. So we hear that sermon preached, and and then we develop faith. We develop a belief system that believes in God and whatever direction we want to go. Right. So my next question is, what is a song? A song is a message. It's a set of words called lyrics that they, Mm -hmm. somebody's put music to. It's about a life situation. It's about set of circumstances. 
Uh, it's a mess. How often do we listen to music? Well, we've got these little thing called earbuds yep. that are attached Bluetooth or wired to our cell phones. And we listen to it constantly every day. We're listening to some music uh, in our ears, which is portraying a message like, you know, country and Western. I'm crying tears in my beer over you. Oh, oh. <laughs> my wife done left me and my girlfriend too. And oh, yeah. stole my truck. You know, it lost my pup. It, lost my pup. Yeah. yeah. And then if you look at rap, you know, rap for, for the most part is, is just, a filthy message. You know, women are sex objects, kill your parents, uh, it, you know, against law, against authority, authority. in your lives, yep. kill the police. Yep. All of that is being pumped into our brain constantly every day, depending on what you listen to. Uh, I mean, country music can cause you to be depressed because it's always sad stuff. Yeah. And uh, all of that. So music is a very powerful, powerful medium that is among us. And we've got to be careful of what we're listening to, because if we're listening to some good gospel music, that's inspirational. That's going to increase our faith in God and give us a worshipful attitude and uh, uh, a worshipful sp uh, spirit about us. But if we're listening to rap or country music or whatever, and depending on what the lyrics are saying, we're getting that message pumped into our mind and heart, and pretty soon it's going to become a belief system. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to drop something here that will be an episode at some point. But Deuteronomy 31 and 19. Now, therefore, write this song and teach it to the people of Israel. Put it in their mouth that this song may be a witness for me against the people of Israel. I think we've totally missed the element of doctrine as it relates to songs. Mm -hmm. Moses put the doctrine to a lyrical melody to get it in people's hearts and minds come on now and so songs regardless of who's writing them is communicating a doctrine that's exactly right that's spot on that's a good point so, you ought to be a host of a podcast i'm gonna try that sometime <laughs> <laughs> that's good that is very very good stuff right there uh, before we, you know, so those are the six, those are the six most common stimulators that are in an average person's life. Okay. So mm -hmm. we've got to be careful. Now, again, you may fit our listeners talking to our listeners today. You may fit one of those categories. And again, you may not. But if sure. you're having trouble with depression or fear or, or anger or some kind of negative emotion, look into the environment right. that you're living in right. and find the stimulators, find the triggers and deal with it. Don't, you know, ignore it and hope it goes away. It's not going away until you address it. So we've got to diffuse the situations. We, we cannot build up. Uh, to a violent confrontation by filling your surroundings, your environment 
with violent stimulators. So there's, again, that's, there's something there that you just said that made me think of, you know, if somebody is dealing with anger, as you talk more about this, um, there's a lot more to it than just saying, well, you need to control that. Yeah. It's, it can be, it can be a layered level of things that, you know, like you say, you're ingesting that create that monster. You already know that you need to control it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Just to say that to someone, well, you have an anger problem. You should control it. Right. It's easier so, said than done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to control the beast. You got to get that beast under control. And it's so, intentional. That's what's so powerful about these pornography, yeah. violent videos, TV, magazines, language, professional wrestling, and music. Is that is that the right? That's it. Pastor wow. Snyder, I want to just ask you in passing, we talk about books a lot on the podcast. Have you read Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman? I did. I got it in my library. Yeah. What an incredible book, eh? Incredible book. Incredible. Phenomenal. I bought it years ago. Yeah. And he talks about, and I went back and looked. Uh, I read this book since we had our last episode with you. Um because it just the topic intrigued me, the emotional intelligence stuff, and I'd remembered seeing that title out there, so I went, I went and looked it up. And he talks about four areas of emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. um, and those those are self awareness, self management, mm-hmm. social awareness, yeah, mm-hmm. and relationship management. Wow, there you have it. Wow. But he talks a lot about the first two. It's all you, right? It's all you, your awareness, and your management. Wow. But the other two are totally not you. It's social awareness, right? And then relationship management. Very, It's really incredible book. Exactly. So, it is a phenomenal book. I recommend anybody to buy that, along with a copy of Control the Beast. Hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you heard it. Hey, and it's live now, right? It is live. So if they you go can to go. True North, go ahead. I was going to drop it. Go ahead. You you drop it. You're the host. TrueNorthDFW.org. Again, that's truenorthdfw.org to get your copy of Control the Beast. It is live and available, ready to go. Mm -hmm. So uh, as we was talking before we started the the recording, uh, next step is to get the e-version up. Mm -hmm. And then the next step is we're going to take it back out of written form, put it back into a online learning course and uh, that people can buy into and, and go very deep into all that we're talking about, along with assignments, exercises to do, and help hope, hopefully awesome. help hundreds of thousands of people that it's we great. can uh, it's a great, get out It's a great this. thing to get out there, uh, because he talks about in his book, again, I'm not trying to take away from Control the Beast, but I think this fits, and what you're doing I think is awesome. He says that what made him write the book, and he's, was published in the early nineties. Right. He read, he read a Yale article uh, written by a psychologist who made the point that he, this, this other guy felt that only a small group of people in the world could be emotionally intelligent. It was almost like an elitist. Okay. Where it was like this, you know, if you have that control, you should relish it. But if you don't, well, too bad for you. Tough luck. And he basically made it his mission to say, you know, I think everybody can do things to be emotionally intelligent. And he breaks down IQ and then EI, emotional intelligence. Very well, cool. 
That, that is cool. Okay, so question. You've worked with this. How many people that struggle with anger management really do want help with it? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Um, how to, how I'm trying to think of how to, to craft this. They don't want, when they feel the effects of their outburst, they do not like it. They don't like the separation. They don't like the, the break, breaking of trust to loved ones, family members, sure. hurting people they care about to admit I have an anger problem. There's the challenge. Like I but, said in the last inwardly, episode, inwardly, inwardly they know it. Inwardly, there's no question about it because they, right. they feel the distance that they put between them and a coworker, and a friend, a church member, yeah. or even family. Eventually, mm. you know, I do I yeah. do a, a chapter in the book of of that talks about yeah, the ones that we you know it hits. We always strike out at the ones we shouldn't hurt at all, and that's right. our family because we know they're always going to be there. Well, don't count on it. Yeah. yeah. That's delusional. You should talk to people it about that. Right? Yeah. I mean, after yeah. a while, it's They're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I'm not going to Christmas dinner anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm tired of all the conflict. Every David will eventually get tired of ducking javelins. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Let me, let me roundhouse, um, uh, brother Derek, what you talked about out of, out of the emotional, the emotional intelligence book mm. about social awareness. Mm. Uh, have you guys noticed how messed up the world is that we live in today? No, we're I, sheltered up here. I, I, try not, I try not to look. I know you're out in the country in <laughs> New Brunswick, kind of like, you know, out there, but you know, the world is really a crazy world. Oh. You guys didn't know that? Really? We should talk. Where do you get this that? information? And you let us down easy. Seriously. Wow. Where would I find information about the world? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, well, just walk out your door. <laughs> First, you guys will probably need to walk out your door and kind of travel to where the population is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, all mm. right. Tell us more. Mm. Okay. I, I'm, I'm playing. Yeah. I'm totally playing. So this world um, is messed up, man. The world is messed up. I mean, it's, uh, hey, we have, we are not in the 1950s anymore. You know, in the 1950s, the big problem in a uh, school system was chewing gum and passing notes. Right. Today, it's like 250,000 teenage girls will leave high school to go give birth. You know, on any given day here in North America or in North America, period, this is the United States and Canada, there's 100,000 guns in classrooms. Wow. Because of the crazy messed up world that we live in. And, you know, we were, we were sharing this information before we, we went live on the recording. But um, here's, here's the world that we live in. And this, is, this information is a bit dated. But it was, and my point of bringing this information to your attention is this is what it was in the 90s. And now we're in the 2000s. And it's only, right. and I, again, I hate being, you know, gloom and doom, but it, it's real. It's, it's worse today than it was. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's more, it's more in your face. Now the movie, the media is a seducer well, and that's where we got to be careful in managing our emotions, social yes. awareness, mm -hmm. 
yes. where we're at and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. The, me- the media is a seducer. The, in the film that was produced some time ago, Indecent Proposal, y'all remember that one? Never heard. The, you never heard of it? No. Okay. It, it was qu- at least it was quite popular here in the states. It the, a character uh, is offered one million dollars to spend one night with a billionaire. Uh, Sharon Stone played the 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 main role. It, it became such a topic of conversation on talk shows, in offices, schools that the film actually implied that that everyone has a price. Wow. Hmm. She got paid $1 million. Basic, basically it's, it's high end prostitution sure. to sleep sure. with a billionaire. Just one night she can make 1 million bucks. That's, that's indecent uh, proposal. Uh, we also wow. talked about uh, Jerry Springer, you know, his show that ran, in the nineties, quite popular show. And I've got some of his show titles that I used in, in a lesson that I taught our church to, to, and this, this lesson that I was teaching was, is called guarding your heart. We've got to guard our heart and our minds of what the world is, is trying to indoctrinate us with. If, if we're going to manage our emotions, if we're going to get it right, we have got to guard our mind and heart and be aware of what the world is throwing at us. Yes. You know, we, we, you know, there are certain denominations that when you join that denomination, immediately they indoctrinate you of what they believe, all of their stuff. Right. You know, we need to be perhaps a little bit better at doing the job of indoctrination of our people. Yes. So that we know what to look for. And what to understand. Here's some of Springer's show to actual show titles. The babysitter stole my husband. I'm a lesbian. Uh, I'm in a lesbian affair with my niece. Uh, baby, I've been bad. I want to marry my daughter. I'm sleeping with my brother and my sister. My daughter married my husband. My dad stole my wife. I'm cheating with your dad and sister. Lovers battle it out. I will break the world's sex record. And the Ah. list goes on and on. That is something coming through the media that's feeding, if we watch it, is feeding into our minds. Those are stimulators. Wow. Wow. And they they are what becomes a reality. People do what they see, say what they hear. Wow. All right. Uh, man, we must be running out of time. What are we at? We're How good. much time we got We're left? Good. Are we going. good? Yep. We're good? Keep going. Okay, Keep good. Because, I, you know, I don't want to have to You'll hear the ask. show music when you go too long. Right. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want to invite myself for a third episode, you know. <laughs> uh, that would have to be number four. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. So, if I'm, struggling, about- if I'm struggling with anger, you, you started the show talking about, uh, about cleaning up, you know, how, yep. how do, how do we get down to where we've identified these problems? How do we get to where you can offer some light at the end of the tunnel? Okay. The way you, the way you go after it. And mm-hmm. again, this is in the book. Uh, we're always wanting to knock the mushrooms off the top. 
Yes. But you got to well go said. after the fruit. Well said. Yep. Yep. You know, we mow them over or we kick our foot and kick them and think they're gone. They're not. Mm-hmm. Mushrooms have thin, like, like thread-like uh, roots yeah. that can cover forever. You got to kill the root. You got to find the root and kill it. Same thing with, with negative emotions. You have to work backwards. Okay. So you have a confrontation, whether it's a verbal confrontation or a physical comp- confrontation, confrontation. So what was going on in your mind and heart when you punched them in the mouth or you screamed at them? What was the trigger that caused that? Well, somebody said mashed potatoes and that made me mad. Okay. So now we take another step back. What is the emotional tie to mashed potatoes? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, my mother, my mother made me eat mashed potatoes, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they were instant potatoes. They weren't even real. And I got sick of them. Okay. There's the emotional tie. Now we're going to dive back into the subconscious and locate or pinpoint the original ground zero. Mm-hmm of that emotional problem there is where healing has to take place there right. is what has to be dealt with not not trying oh, i got to quit yelling at people or i got to quit punching people that's that's the symptom you got to get back to the cause you know when somebody's yep. inflicted with cancer they have they have a growth they have something's malfunctioning that's just the symptom you got to back up and find what's causing the growth or what's causing some kind of symptom and it's a tumor that's cancerous and that tumor has to be cut out same process with our emotions we have to figure out okay i punched somebody why did i punch them what did they say to trigger that punch so when I find the emotional tie to that and go back to the subconscious, you know, there's a difference between conscious and subconscious conscious mind. I think I covered this last time, but let me touch on it and remind our listeners, the constant, uh, the, your listeners, uh, the, the conscious mind is the awareness mm-hmm. mind. It's walking through the house in the dark, knowing exactly where all the furniture sure. is, and not touch one of them. Uh, it's being able to stand on an assembly line and put pieces together and talk about a baseball game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. The subconscious or the conscious mind is very neat and organized. All the file folders are neatly placed they're, they're labeled, they're alphabetized, they're staggered. You can, I mean, it's clean, it's nice, it's organized. The subconscious is just the opposite. It's, it's the file drawer where everything's thrown in. There's no order. It's chaos. The papers are sticking out of the folders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not alphabetized. It's not in order. It's just emotions thrown into the drawer. Right. And that's where reactions come from is the subconscious mind. Interesting. Make sense? Yes, sir. Did that answer the question? Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. How do we fix it? Okay, so let's let's talk about another chapter in the book called Nine Levels of Relationship, How to Deal with Toxic People. Mm-hmm. Uh, relationships are extremely important in all of this. Uh, as, as I uh, said in the last episode a couple of weeks ago of my story, how that I was extremely angry uh, 40 years ago where anger management classes was unheard of and practically no material was in print yet. So it was my wife and I trial and error, talking it through, praying about it and learning from my mistakes on how to manage my anger until I got 
material that I can read and, you know, stuff that I took and learned to, to put me where I'm at today. One of the things that I realized in my journey is the levels of relationships that we have in our life. Too many times we keep trying to shove relationships into a category that it doesn't belong there. We're sure. trying to make Absolutely. an acquaintance, a best friend, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not working. Or we're trying to take a good friend into a spousal relationship, right? It's not working. And so it causes frustration. It causes uh, depression. We get depressed because we think our self-esteem's getting hit. They don't like me. They don't hate me or they hate me, et cetera, et cetera. So let's go through my number one. The number one level of relationship is my relationship with God. First and foremost, that's the relationship that needs to be worked on. That needs to be understood that this is a vital relationship, a relationship with God is an absolute. And we've got to make sure that relationship is solid. That relationship is good and it has to be worked on daily. Now we all know sin separates us from God. God never leaves us nor forsakes us but we distance ourselves from God when we allow sin to come in our lives. So Mm -hmm. that's the first relationship. Now let's start. Number two talks about the physical relationships that we have in our life. And number one, number two uh, is our spouse. If you're married, it's my wife Mm -hmm. Uh, in my personal life, uh, in my personal nine levels of relationship, my wife outside of God is everything to me. She knows everything everything about me, all the good and the 1% of bad. Yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) You must've had a bad week last week. I thought it was less than that. Yeah, no, it's just, I mean, you know, in 40 years of marriage, I think I made her mad twice, you know? Wow. It it just, uh, (laughs) that's great. Yeah, I constantly remind her how blessed she is. <laughs> oh my! Anyway, and then she just rolls her eyes and keeps walking. And anyway, here in this relationship, when when you have a good spouse, accountability is an absolute. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in my research in all of this, especially when I was thick with probation and parole uh, and court services, they asked me to develop a course for sex offenders to help them with that area of their life. And so in the research, I bumped into relation or to uh, websites that I don't need to be. So out of accountability, I would call my wife over and say, look, I'm doing research. I bumped into this and then we deleted it. Because if I didn't tell her and we deleted it, it's still there. And right. if it pops up and she sees that, I got a problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So in that relationship, there has to be absolute brutal accountability, mm-hmm. openness, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what you're doing, where you're going. You yep. have to be accountable in that relationship. And it's vital for it to work. Because the level of this level of relationship is an ultimate trust. And if you don't have trust in this level of relationship, you don't have this level of relationship. Wow. Hmm. Okay. So the, the number, number three is my mentors. Of course, right now, all of them have died in my, 
in my life. So, well, if you're well, asking Amy, me to be one, I'm not going to do it. Tell you that. Yeah, yeah. In fact, matter. It's it's kind of freaky. It's kind of freaky. You know, I, I'm big on mentors. I got, you know, I, every pastor has to have a pastor and, yes. and all of that. And then when mine uh, left us, I'm like, wow. And then I have these little young whippersnappers saying, would you be my mentor? Would you be my, yeah. I'm like, get out of here. I'm not even old enough to do that. Get, I'm not old going. enough to die. Get out of here. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so anyway, but, but going back to it, Everybody needs good, solid mentors in their life. Oh, that's that, so good, man. That's the rudder. Uh, I mean, my son and I are tight. He's 22 years old. He is he is going into ministry. And uh, he loves me. He respects me, all of that. But I told him, go get a mentor. He's like, Dad, I know. You need somebody outside of my voice speaking into your life. Mm-hmm. And so Boy, that's picked, so true. Yeah, you know, my, he, my dad's done the same thing. He, and, and I think that's an expression of the fact that he's not insecure in his position in my life. Yep. So good. Absolutely. So good. Absolutely. So um, mentors are, are, and again, to me, in my opinion, mentors are absolute, uh, especially, and you got to be sure that the mentor has some gray hair. Not and I'm not really talking physical. I'm talking sure wisdom. wisdom. Right. You can't pick somebody of your peers. They're on the same level you are. You need somebody down the road a ways mm-hmm. that has been through some stuff, wow. that has gained some wisdom, that can speak into your life and help you with what mm-hmm. they've already been through, mm-hmm. and now you're there walking through it. So, um, Boy, you know, they got was it, was it Ray Bone? What's that? I think it was Rehoboam, wasn't it? That he was he he asked the mentors in his life, "How do I handle?" How yeah. do I, and, and then he asked all of his friends, and they said, "Man, whip them <laughs> with scorpions." Yeah. You thought my <laughs> like, dad yeah, was bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, best friends, you know, these are the people that I trust. These are the people that I'm extremely comfortable uh, about and being with. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing better than a best friend where you can let down your hair. Sure. You can be yourself. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about being criticized, being judged, you know, uh, or whatever. It's, it's, it is just a really good thing to have somebody that you can go get a cup of coffee with, joke around, laugh, relax, and have some fun, you know, yeah. best friends, Absolutely. that, that level of relationship also transcends in time. You know, in today's world, there's no distance on best friend status. I mean, right. Look at our world today. I mean, we, right. we can have best friends that live on the other side of the world. Literally. I mean, we've got what we're looking at today. We've got zoom that we can connect with, yeah. but I found, I found one thing. Communication is the key in any relationship. If you sure. don't communicate, you're not going to have a relationship, right? God, wife, best friend, any level communication is an absolute. You're right. Number five, good friends. 
Now, good friends are people that I see from time to time. I enjoy them. Uh, I enjoy what they stand for, what they do, their principles. Uh, this is a group that's maybe not best friend level, but they are good people nonetheless. Yep. And I enjoy their fellowship. I enjoy their company. And, and when we are, are with them, we have good feelings and walk away better than when we walked up. So number six, acquaintances. Acquaintances are people that I have met appreciate them. Uh, they seem to be good people. I don't know them just yet. You know, they, they're not good friends yet, but they're, they're good. These are people that perhaps I do business with. Uh, I see from time to time, I run into a coffee shop. Uh, many times people confuses the category of relationship with good friend and best friend category. Mm -hmm. They look at a good friend, but they don't consider they, they're they yeah. not really best friend yet. The trust factor is not there yet that you have in a best friend. So you, you know, you, you can, you can, and most likely will get hurt or your trust broken when you try to push certain sure. categories into another category that are not ready yet. Right. Hmm. You know, what, what's a best friend, a best friend is somebody perhaps you went to high school with, or you've known for a long time. A good friend can't be a best friend when you only know them for a month. So that's that's kind of yeah. like I've heard it. I've heard it said. Um, it it it's it takes time. You can't make new old friends. You can't what? You can't make new old friends. Yeah, yeah, mm. very true. It takes time. Very true takes time time relationship is 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 time consuming period mm -hmm. our relationship well, with is. god our relationship with our spouse our best friends our good friends it all has a price tag called time mm -hmm. you know and it's now, always it's always been alarming to me if you've ever been around somebody and they don't have old friends yeah that speaks that speaks loud. i appreciate every new relationship that i have mm -hmm. but man I'm not, uh, I lose my comfort in a room where, where I can't find this guy. I don't have an old friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. My best friend, Bert McGavick, that I grew up with at New Life in St. Louis, lives in San Antonio, Texas. And to this day, we still talk all the time and text each other and uh, poke fun at each other and all that. Still best friends to this day. I said that because I want you to know that I've got I've got old friends. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Slip that in there. There you go. You know. All right. This is so good. Seven, go ahead. Working relationships. Now yes. these these people, uh, working meaning at work. Okay. <laughs> I don't really like these people. These people get on my nerves. Yeah. I don't like. Perhaps they. Perhaps they're cheating on the job. Or they're they're kissing up to the boss. They don't have the qualifications, but they're you know they're talking the talk and but they're not walking the walk. Sure. So I don't like them because of their principles they have or what they stand for or or the cheating and lying that they're doing. But I have to work with them. If I cross swords with them, it's going to cause me problems on my job with my relationship with my supervisor, and it's not worth losing a job over. Mm -hmm. So when I clock in, I'm professional. I'm courteous when I see them. Hey, how you doing? How's things yep. going? Good to see you again and keep on going. When we're on a project together, it's all work. 
when sure. I clock out, they stay there. I don't go to dinner with them after church, after church, after work. I don't go to uh, Saturday softball with them. I don't do anything with them outside of the nine to five. That's working relationships because we got to keep those people in that category because they're a problem child, maybe more than likely because of, of their belief system. All right. Number eight, you're going to love this people. I love just enough to get to heaven. <laughs> These are people that have stomped on my nerve. I mean, they're, uh, they're in my life somehow, some way they're tied to somebody in my life that I love and appreciate. Uh, they've got to be around somewhere, but I love them enough to get to heaven. Again, okay, so I, uh, you talked to us about your best friend. Go ahead and give us an example of who you're talking about. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Was it, how was that for a leading this is question? 70,000 downloads. Uh, I was born, baby, but I wasn't born yesterday. Say the name and then we'll do the beep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure you will. Yeah, Just move yeah. your mouth and not say anything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah you're safe here we would never do anything to you pastor snyder so now we can take that clip and add a name <laughs> uh oh yeah hey, you know that i worry about that boy <laughs> yeah i worry about that boy <laughs> okay that so everybody kinda, you got a criminalistic mind or something yeah, yeah. no so everybody right, listening so. to us went ahead and put their own names yeah, and they got that. There, there's people, that category, number eight, is in every one of our lives, every one of our lives. Yep. They, they may they, they may they, not have anybody in number three as a mentor, but everybody's got somebody in that category you just said. Yeah. It could be it could be something as as and it's not simple, but it's simple as hurting them deeply. Sure. And they're trying to get over the pain of the violation of trust that that person inflicted upon them. Yep. They've got to love them enough to get to heaven. They've got to forgive them, although they don't deserve forgiveness. Yep. Okay. So here's, here's how I've learned to handle people. I love enough just to get to heaven. I find a good quality and that's what I focus, focus on. on. You know, that person may be Very a good, good family person. So, you know, they, they treat their family good. They yep. provide for their family. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's the good principle that I focus on and try not to focus on all the other negative stuff or what mm -hmm. they have done to me, the pain that they have inflicted upon my spirit or my heart. Okay. Uh, number nine, toxic relationships. Oof. Mm. Toxic relationships. This is the category where relationships are that they cannot be repaired. Every time you touch them, every time you go around them, every time you try to fix them, you walk away in shambles, you walk away hurt, wow. the pain has been inflicted. It's toxic, it's poison. And there's only one thing that you can do in a toxic situation, contain it and dispose of it. Wow. That's it. Wow. Now here, let me inject right now. The only, the only, the, the problem is we try to take a toxic situation and slide it into a best friend category. 
right. or best yes. friend has become toxic. Yes. And that's possible. It's very possible. It's very possible, especially when the trust factor is broken in a best friend situation right. or even in a marriage, uh, in a marriage when trust is violated, it becomes toxic. Hmm. You know, um, and I, I do know we're, we're probably pushing time restraints, but this, this just fits. I've talked to people, counseled people, that maybe something inappropriate has happened between two individuals within a congregation. Uh, yep. Hello, somebody. And, okay, you got to forgive them. You have to move on. But that relationship will never be the same again and shouldn't. It shouldn't be the same again. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you think yeah. it can get back to an acquaintance level? Like, is it possible that it can move back up the chart a bit to use that kind of a I, term? Or? I think that they, okay, I think within a congregation that they can be brothers and sisters and you can love them enough, as, as mm. you said. They can go to number eight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But you can't, you can't move them up much higher Not than much that higher. Yeah. without that yeah. toxicity re-emerging absolutely you're, and you know it's not right. it's not really i think i think we do an injustice to forgiveness to think that forgiveness can only be exemplified through complete reinstatement to previous relationship status and that is correct here's the deal and and i go into this in the class uh setting that when you have a toxic situation for anything, forgiveness is an absolute. Mm -hmm. You have to forgive. Yeah. In a secular situation, I teach forgiveness. I can't put the chapter and verse to it because it's a secular situation, you know, separation of church and God, which is a bunch of baloney. But anyway, yep. uh, but forgiveness is a phenomenal exercise emotionally because when we forgive, we let go. You have to let go of the situation or it's going to poison you so deeply you will die emotionally mm -hmm. and spiritually. So forgiveness is an absolute. Now let's put, let's put the God factor back in. We have to forgive because the Bible says if we don't forgive them of their trespass, right. God's not going to forgive us. Right. Ouch. Yeah. Right. And, and I've, got, I've got a situation in my life even right now that is a very toxic situation. I have contained it and I've put it away and I have to forgive them. <laughs> Are you ready? Yep. Cause I'm not going to spend hell, uh, eternity in hell with them. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, or you're going to, you're, you're not just, planning on spending any much more hell on earth with them either. <laughs> now, Go ahead. Can, give us a name. Can, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna have fun with this one. <laughs> They're gonna have to watch this when they can't listen to Pastor it. Pastor Caleb Adams last week described it as kicking a cow. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Can can a toxic relationship heal and get into one of the other categories? Yes. Mm. Because God can do anything. Sure. 
But in the class where I was getting to, uh, where I was getting to in the class, I teach that that when somebody has hurt you, especially repeatedly, you forgive them, make it right, but keep them at an arm's length. Yes. Don't give them the opportunity to hurt you again. Yes. Because the relationship, ha- you have to put them in a category, whether it's people I love, you know, I love enough to get to heaven or it's a working relationship. I got to be able to work with them and that's it. So they're, they're in the nine to five category uh, or they could move up to an acquaintance. You know, I know them. I, I talk to them in passing. I'm, I'm professional. I'm courteous. And that is the end of it. Right. But, you know, it, you know, when they when they deal with like uh, there's a town in Missouri that a factory um, that a factory uh, poisoned uh, toxic level poisons into the ground where people are getting sick. And the only way they were going to be able to fix that town is that they had to relocate everyone in the toxic area, tear the houses down, tear the factory down and scrape the soil until the soil became pure. And they, they barreled up and sealed the barrels of the toxic soil and disposed of them, refilled it with clean soil, rebuilt the houses and rebuilt the factory, and it's, it's, it's whole again. That's a lot of work. And, of course, the government had to put out a lot of money to make that happen. So, in other words, a toxic relationship will cost a, a pretty penny emotionally to fix but before it's fixed, the toxins have to be taken out, contained, and disposed of. Wow. I know we're running out of time, and if I can just put this little plug in, if, if, if your listeners want to further how to handle toxic relationships, if they go to the, to the website, truenorthdfw.org, there'll be a pop, or in the sidebar, they can sign up for our email, mm-hmm. uh, email True North Community. And they will automatically get a free ebook on what we're talking about in this subject today on how to handle toxic relationships. Wow. Great stuff. And this has been so good. Great stuff. Everybody in our audience needs to head over and get that book. That's this is this is conversation that needs to happen. It does. It needs to happen. It does. Like you know, like I stated earlier um, in our in the podcast that this is stuff that we all know exist and that we deal with every day. But for whatever reason, we're, we're afraid to address it. We're afraid to talk it up, talk about it out in the open. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not any less of a person. If you're dealing with this kind of stuff, you're not any less no, I would of a Holy Ghost filled Christian. I would venture you're less if you don't deal with it. Come on somebody. So if you happen to be, listening to this and you find yourself in the demographic that pastor Snyder has described earlier Mm. where when you do it, you feel that that chasm coming between you and all of the relationships that outburst just pushes the people you love the most, the farthest from you. And you secretly internally have said, man, I wish I could get control of this. Then use this as a catalyst. Mm-hmm. Reach out to us. Reach out to Pastor Snyder. Get the book. Uh, there's help out there. Absolutely. You can win this. Don't, don't do it on your own. 
And don't get so mad at us that you go push thumb down on our <laughs> YouTube channel. Don't, don't, don't do it. Okay, good. Man, thank you for being with us today. Buddy, it is an honor and a privilege to be with it. I enjoy it. I love it. You guys are awesome. Love you guys so much. And thank you again for the opportunity uh, to do episode number three. I mean, uh, today's episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've taken buddy. notes today. I hope that you've taken notes today. Um, this, is, this has been some really good stuff. And I'm sure we'll be talking again in the future with Pastor Snyder. Thank you for joining us today on Kingdom Speak.